You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm once again in an empty studio, uh, not joined by my co-host, but uh, fear not, uh, the internet has come to save the day. They are uh, coming to us over Skype, so I'll first introduce... Ken, who actually was self-isolating in a self-isolation uh, during a self-isolation. How's it going, Ken? Hey, what's up? Uh, so I think I hear a single cricket in your studio, by the way, <laughs> oh, along you, with you. Oh, you hear a single cricket? Oh, it could be the uh, the, the smoke alarm that uh, the landlord has not changed in four months. Oh, yeah, I got one of those, too. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Ken? Good? Well, uh, today I shaved my entire head with a straight razor like a lunatic in a movie, but uh, if that gives you your answer, there you go. And w- was there neon lighting? There was no neon lighting. Um, there was a little bit of uh, blood on the razor, but I'm happy to say this is the best I've ever done. Oh, good. Well, that's that's good. Every time you do it, you get better, so that's all that matters. That's what I thought. I've got some time on my hands, so I'm just practicing. Awesome. Well, uh, well, thank you for sharing that, and we're we're excited to to see the results uh, when we can. Um, Matt, you're joining us from LA as usual. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I actually shaved my head yesterday too, not with a straight razor because I'm not an insane person. Did you really, Matt? You finally did it? No, I did. It's just with a zero, but it's close. It's close. Okay. okay. I'm nervous to to put razor to head. I'm not there yet. Gotcha. Oh, I don't want. I don't, I don't want to gash it up like Ric Flair. Well, you don't need to use a straight razor. You could use a, <laughs> a safety razor. A five five razor swivel. Yeah, a Mach five. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll consider it. One person who's not putting uh, razor to head, uh, and probably not manscaping for all we know, is Jeff. He's not here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, he's actually. Oh, I thought he was actually at a manscaping convention. Well, he's not. He's not technically at a manscaping convention. There is a manscaping convention, but under that convention, they have little booths. He's actually working the Lush booth because Ken loves Lush, and uh, Ken yeah, it's is closed right now. But... It's closed right now, but Jeff's trying to get some extra hours to maybe get a discount for Ken. So I thought that manscaping convention was all over webcam. Is that what I saw on Jeff's phone the other day? I I think it is. Yeah, it's 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 webcam, but it's always from a very high angle looking down. So it's kind of a you know a bird's POV, mm, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, but we're very—that's the best angle. <laughs> it is the best angle. Uh, we are super excited, though. Uh, we have a very special guest here. He's an intercontinental champion on Patreon. He's uh, been supporting us uh, for a while. We even uh, 
gave a uh, birthday shout out to his wife, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and he's from Louisville, Kentucky, and that's Jacob Hine. How's it going, Jacob? Good. How are you all? Doing well. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I live in Louisville. Uh, married. I have a 14-month-old uh, daughter. Um, I work for a small startup in Louisville called Equilottery Games, and we develop uh, live uh, sports lottery games to sell to state lotteries. Um, all of our games are based on live sports, and um, we use horse racing, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, and baseball. Uh, obviously, right now, it's not a great time for live sports, uh, but once things come go back to normalcy, uh, we're hoping to, to really uh, rock it off. So. That's great. Uh, well, we appreciate your support on uh, Patreon, and uh, you know, thank you very much for uh, helping us and the show grow. Absolutely. Well, before we throw it to the rules guy, I did want to let you guys know, since I am alone here in the studio, I had to sort of live it up a little bit. So um, a little bit of trivia for you, I suppose, before we get the game going. I'm actually eating a cookie from the Lotus Bakery, which was started in 1932 in uh, Lembeck, Belgium. And uh, a little hint, I enjoy it inside of a donut. Anyone? Biscoff. It is a Biscoff. Yes, that's correct. So Biscoff and coffee. So good job, Ken. That's uh, one brownie point already. Uh, Jacob? Neil loves his Biscoff. I do love my Biscoff. Uh, all right, let's throw it to the rules guy and see how his impression of eating Biscoff and talking at the same time sounds like. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd eh. like, well, Matt's never impressed, but it did sound like he no. um, he wasn't even chewing, but it just kind of went down his throat. I don't know how he does it. He just tilted his neck back and uh, let it slide down his throat hole. <laughs> uh, well, like on, a duck. On that note, uh, Jacob, it's going to be me uh, versus Ken versus Matt. It's going to be old school, so it's going to be a three for all. So feel free to take it away when you want. All right, here we go with uh, question one, round one. In 1962, what individual wrote a letter to the U.S. president saying, I have given a new order to dismantle the arms which you described as offensive and to create and return them to the Soviet Union? Mm. Uh, okay, I'm locked in. Okay. Ooh, how, do you, how do you feel about this one, Neil? Um, I don't know anything about uh, this question. Um, yeah, me either. I'm taking the time period and just going to come up with like a random name maybe uh, it, i could be way off but i'm gonna lock in too okay and then i'm last so i was going to say ivan drago but i think that's too early and he's <laughs> fictional so i'm going to say uh mccarthy hey oh. i said mccarthy too oh boy see that that does make sense i said lenin uh, the actual answer is Nikita Khrushchev. He was the okay. leader of the USSR during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is mm. uh, the letter he wrote to John F. Kennedy uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So that makes sense. All right, question two. In the 1960s, three vaccines were developed against what three diseases? In 1971, they would be combined into a single vaccine with the first dose at 12 through 15 months of age and the second dose at four through six years of age. Oh, locked in. Oh, what is that one that you have to get twice? Okay, I'm locked in. 
Okay. Um, I have a bunch of them going through my head. Um, I've been getting into Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently, and there's an episode where they have the mumps. So that's one I'll put. I have no idea if that's correct, so I'm going to put the mumps. Um, I think polio is probably way too late, but uh, maybe they came up with it after FDR. I have no idea. So I put polio, and uh, I also put um, polio, mumps, and um, uh, flu is incorrect, but I'm just going to put flu. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, smallpox, measles, and mumps. I think this is the MMR, which is measles, mumps, and my favorite smoking pump pope song, rubella. Mm. Yeah, it's MMR, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. I, th- I was so close. You were very <laughs> close, yes. <laughs> I knew smallpox didn't quite sound right in that not uh, mix. Quite. Not quite. But I was not going to get there. So. so it's just points for Matt? Mm-hmm. And now to question three in sports. Which basketball coach has the distinct honor of being the only coach to win a championship in both the NCAA and the NBA? Mm, locked in. Simple question um, with uh, answer I won't get, so I'm going to say Joe Schmo. All right, Joe Schmo. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm assuming, I think I've heard something similar to this before, but I think like the most winning most winningest coach in NCAA is John Wooden, I think. And I'm just assuming maybe he went to the NBA for like a season or two and won. So I'm going to go with John Wooden. Yeah, this is one that comes up a lot. He won in 04 with the Pistons, but I don't remember the college one, but I know what happened. I, I believe it's Larry Brown. It is Larry Brown, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he returned to the NCAA coaching for SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had his stat here somewhere. I know he coached the Pistons in the NBA, but for the NCAA team, I can't remember where he coached. I want to say it's yeah. UCLA. It was early. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, uh, question four in history. On March 17th, 1969, what 70-year-old woman was elected as Israel's first and only female <laughs> prime minister? No, I don't know this one. I, I I know I've heard this one, but I know that, that I can't remember it. I'm in. Okay. So it's up to Neil. Um. All right. I just need one second because I believe she was the president or prime minister in Munich, the movie. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I she have was. to watch Munich. You get so you many answers right. from it. You are right. Um. Okay. Let me think. I know the actress. She's been in a million things. Um, she's really good in Munich. Uh, let's she was see. she was not the actual president though. Just so you know, she was not the um, actress. No. Yeah. Who 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 would elect a president? Um. So or <laughs> I mean, who would elect an actor as a president? Um. Hold on. Um. Let's see. Eric Bana was talking to her. Uh. Oh. Okay. Um. Gold in my ear. That's what I'm gonna lock in with. I also had gold in my ear. Matt, you're tapped out. Oh yeah. I don't know. I got <laughs> the answer is gold in my ear. All right. Thank you, Munich. Very good. Very good. All right, question five. This is a Star Wars question. What order number did Chancellor Palpatine execute to his army of clone troopers to eliminate all remaining Jedi? Oh, locked in. I'm locked in too, but I'm I'm hesitant. Okay, uh, this is another one. So I wrote a very similar question when we did Star Wars uh, live trivia, and I, I had a picture from the the movie with like him saying, you know, what order did he he give? Um, I don't think obviously it's not sixty nine. That was my first thought. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> um, I I can't remember if it's like order seventy two or order order 
give Yoda 72. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just going to lock in with 72. <laughs> I can't remember. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's in the 60s and it's not 69 because that would be hilarious. But uh, I think it's like 68, 67, 66. I went with 66 this time. Yeah. The Emperor gets his kicks with Order 66. Yes, uh, execute Order 66. That's a great way to remember that, Matt. Now that I'm never going to forget that now. <laughs> it is there interesting. Too bad fast food uh, menus usually don't go that high with their numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, right? um, so after five questions, uh, looks like Matt is in the lead with 30 points. Ken is in second place with 20, and I'm in third with 10. All right, cool. Uh, question six. This is in video games. What 32-bit video game console was released by Sega in 1995 and discontinued in 1998? Uh, I'm locked this, in. This game has gone very well for me so far. <laughs> These are all my wheelhouse categories. You're locked in too, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to keep keep the joke running, and people can make fun of me if they want, but I think I'm going to have to go um, with the majestic beast known as the Jaguar. Oh. <laughs> the Atari I Jaguar. come up at least once. <laughs> this is also an ill-fated uh, brand of car, um, the Saturn. Yeah, they had the, oh. the Sega Genesis, then like the Sega 32X, Sega what, CD add-ons, but they're all leading up to the Sega Saturn. Yep, it was the Sega Saturn. I was to- thing did oh, not my. do well. I was no. totally not thinking of the Sega Saturn. I I know that too. Oh my god. Um, no wait. What what's the difference in the controller though? Because the Dreamcast obviously had the little screen where you could like put football plays for the football games. But what what was different about the Saturn? I don't remember. I don't know if anyone this. actually owned one. Yeah. I had a friend who actually owned a Saturn, and it was very similar to the Genesis. It was yeah. okay. Um, the controller was yeah, but it was just all CDs. That was the big thing. Back in the day, so <laughs> polygons. Okay. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, this is a great Jeff question. I'm sad he's not here to hear it, but uh, <laughs> it's geography. Within two kilometers, what is the distance between Russia and the U.S. at their closest points? So what you're telling right. us to do is actually know there. what a kilometer is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and lock in here. Oh, me too. Yeah. Can I do this in miles? Because I don't even know what a kilometer. Hmm. Uh, I don't have a conversion chart in front well, of me, but I can just, definitely look one I'll up. help you that a 5K is about three miles. 5K is three miles. Okay. About, about three miles. So five, okay. All right. So I'm just going to do some math here out loud. So if I'm just going to totally trust math, Matt's math, because uh, Matt's math is totally trustworthy. It's um, about correct. It's about. So if it's 5K for, you said three miles, Matt? Yeah. Okay, so if, I'm thinking it's around 30 miles. So uh, I'm trying to think what would that be in kilometers. That would be 150 kilometers? Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. No. Is that, that's not right? <laughs> that is not correct math, but okay. Matt, you want to go? Yeah, I think that this is really, really close because I know when the ice builds up, I believe you can actually walk from Alaska to Russia. Um, so I put... Uh, seven kilometers. And I put a little bit more, uh, 35 kilometers. Um, actually, Matt, you were the closest, but you were just, just out of reach. Uh, it's four kilometers, so I would have accepted uh, six oh, and two. Really low. Um, wow. Yeah. Th- although the Straits narrowest point is about 53 miles or 85 uh, kilometers wide, there are two islands in its center, the Little Diomede and the Big Diomede. 
uh, which bring the distance of these two nations to only about four kilometers or four mm. kilometers apart at their closest point. So now, Matt, cool. um, he brought up walking across. Is that what you said, Matt? Like walking across to Russia? Yeah, I think when the when it during a certain season the ice builds up enough that you can walk across from Alaska to Russia. So what you're telling me is that mm-hmm. in the classic Mark Wahlberg movie Four Brothers, <laughs> when he walked across an entire iced ocean or whatever it was to go and fetch one of his brothers that that was possible that's exactly what i was talking about yep all right thank you question eight the screenplay for the movie the dark knight rises was inspired by what 1859 novel it's a tale about a city in turmoil class warfare and kangaroo courts okay i'm gonna lock in yeah me too oh my, oh no um, no, that, I don't. I don't know it. Don't take that as confidence, by the way. Well, that clue, Kangaroo Court, really makes me. I know there's like a literary reference to that, and I'm I'm not pulling it. Um, class warfare. I wonder if it's like a Dickens novel because it's uh, what's his name, Nolan. So he probably pulled some Dickens and wrote it on his forearm and forgot about it, but then looked in the mirror and remembered. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Remember Charles Dickens? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, you simply look at kangaroos. I was born into them. Um, does uh, Does Nolan have a specific af- affinity for Dickens that you are aware of? Um, maybe in his personal life on his computer. I'm not sure about in literature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just going to say it's... Uh, I don't even know if there is class warfare in this movie, but um, Ken and I always talk about it being the best of times and the worst of times. So I'm going to say A Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, I, I put that too. Uh, I went slightly different and said Oliver Twist. It is a tale of two cities. Oh, my God. But there's only one city in that movie. Ugh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Heinz Ward scoring touchdowns. I forgot. Okay, question nine. Another geography question. Name one of the two states that is bordered by eight other states and five bonus points if you can name the other. Mm. I just want to say Hawaii and be done with this. But, uh, okay, I'm going to say... All right, I'm locked in. Yeah. Which flyover state is it, though? So you're saying it's a state bordered by eight states? Correct. Okay. There are two of them. Okay. But I only need you to give me one for the answer. Okay. Um, all right, I'm just going to play a little game theory. I'm going to lock in. Yeah, I'm going to play that same game theory and also say Kentucky. Yep, I'm going to say Kentucky as well. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I said Oklahoma, and then bonus would be California. Uh, you all were close. It's actually Tennessee and Missouri. Mm. Mm. It's always Missouri. I feel like Missouri is like the... Um, the uh, There's a what, lot of trivia about Missouri. There is You're a lot right. of trivia. It's just like it kind of sneaks up on you, you know? Yeah. A little bit of a show-me state, if you ask me. Well, it's like it hides, and then it's like, show me, and then it shows you. <laughs> All right, our final question of round one. A very young sailor and his dog Bingo started appearing on what snacks packaging in 1918? Ooh, I can lock I'm this good. one in. You guys know this one? Oh, yeah. Neil oh, always knows his sweet treats. I do. That's it's true. Sweet treat. That's a clue. Um, we oh, got you don't know this one. We got a dog. Oh. And you guys were locked in? Yeah. Bingo was his name, oh, Matt. I know, uh, but 
I don't think I know it. I'm going to say um, Animal Crackers, and it's wrong. Ooh, you got one word right. Uh, I said Cracker Jack. Oh, God, yeah. Yep, I said Cracker Jack. It is Cracker Jack, not Cracker Jacks. Cracker mm-hmm. Jack. I'm glad you said that because that's a pet peeve of mine. When I hear people at the I, baseball game, I actually got it from you because I know you made a fuss about it one time on the show. So. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yes. oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> After the first round, uh, it's a pretty close game. Uh, I have 30 points. Matt has 40, and Ken has 50. Uh, before we mm-hmm. throw it to Jacob for the swing round, just wanted to remind everyone that we're on Instagram now, so you can come hang out with uh, with me and Matt, and then uh, Jeff and Matt occasionally. Uh, we're going to be posting some pictures, uh, behind-the-scenes uh, episode releases and all that good stuff, and we're at TrivialityPod on Instagram. Uh, same thing as Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and uh, you can also come join us over at The Crop, uh, where we have interactions with uh, all of you, um, episodes, spoiler threads and uh, announcements and uh, also starting our new uh, sign-up sheet so every time we're going to hold signups for um, either being a contestant or a host you can come see that at the crop and once we post it we'll pin it to the top and feel free to sign up and we'll look forward to uh, having you on the show so uh, jacob what do you have in store for us today so for the swing round i'm going to give you 10 uh songs from musicals you just tell me what musical it's from Awesome. No. <laughs> there goes my lead right there. <laughs> this is, I was this really is... enjoying having the lead for once. I think uh, sleeping until noon and doing yoga in my bedroom uh, to YouTube videos is really doing me well. But yeah. now I'm uh, going to get crushed. Is doing yoga... Recent... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, on a recent episode, I did mention how the swing round is where Neil gets his lead and then the second round is where it all falls apart. <laughs> That's exactly what happened recently. Yep, I I, I, yeah. I, think I got a perfect swing round and then I just didn't get any questions right in the second round. So, <laughs> um, Ken, is doing yoga in your bedroom uh, from Rent? Uh, it's not. It's uh, something I really did today to try to make sure I wasn't sitting on the couch all day. There you go. All right. Uh, number one is Defying Gravity. Oh, I know one. Number two, everyone's a little bit racist. Number three, corner of the sky. Number four, somewhere that's green. Number five, you can't stop the beat. Number six, send in the clowns. Send in the clowns. Number seven, the impossible dream. Number eight, memory. Number nine, cell block tango. And number 10, old man river. <laughs> I know all these songs, but I have no idea where any of them come from. That's a real problem. All right, we're going to think about these for a moment and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw... (gasps) 
I thought she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she was, or call the police or call the police like <laughs> she should have. Exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, all the answers are now in. So can we get the questions one more time? And we'll give our uh, best answers. Sure. Question one. Defying gravity. What did y'all have? I think they like this musical in uh, Boston. It's uh, Wicked. <laughs> yeah, I also said Wicked. And I said Wicked. That's right. Wicked. Question two. Everyone's a little bit racist. Yeah, this is one I uh, quite enjoy. I've seen it uh, twice. It's Avenue Q. Yeah, I was between Book of Mormon and Avenue Q, and I went with Avenue Q. Yep, same composer, Avenue Q. Yep, Avenue Q. Number three, Corner of the Sky. So I was just trying to think of a place where the uh, there's a lot of sky to look at, and I thought of Oklahoma. <laughs> I thought the same thing and also said Oklahoma. Uh, so what's going to be funny about this swing round is uh, many of these songs uh, I sang in high school. So that's one of the reasons that it helped. And this one uh, was a piece that we did from Pippin. Yep, it is Pippin. Pippin. Mm. Never even heard of that. Yep. Played with Michael Jordan. Same uh, same composer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same composer as Wicked, actually. Stephen Schwartz. Yes. Yep. Number four, Somewhere That's Green. Uh, this one was a little bit familiar to me, but I had trouble putting my finger on it. I went with My Fair Lady. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was some kind of Muppet thing, so I just said Muppets the Musical. Well, Ken said he had a little trouble putting his finger on it, but if he would have just pricked his finger and dropped a few drops of blood, uh, it would have been uh, very, very... Uh very good uh, to grow Seymour. So it, uh, or excuse me, Audrey oh, too. So it was Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Yep, it is Little Shop of Horrors. I played the part of uh, Mr. Bushnick in high school. Did you really? So, oh yeah, one of my favorite roles I ever did was that was that role. Yeah. They're yeah. they're remaking it now, aren't they, or something? Yeah, with with I Chris Evans it. as the dentist and uh, Lady Gaga, yeah. and um, oh wow, and wait, who's the lead? Oh, Taron Egerton is the is Seymour. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, that's so it should be, be good. Fun. 
Not my favorite musical, but uh, I'll, I'll see that. Mm-hmm. All right, number five, something that everybody should know or have at least heard. Uh, you can't stop the beat. I uh, put Footloose. I don't know. <laughs> I thought this was about stomping, uh, you know, brooms and stuff. So I said stomp. Uh, one of the songs uh, I love singing uh, for Colleen is It Takes Two by Link. Uh, and that would be from Hairspray. It is mm. Hairspray. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I knew all <laughs> these. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> okay, probably the hardest one, at least for me on this list, was number six, Send in the Clowns. See, me and Matt were talking about all the cultural references with this. I think it was in a Seinfeld episode. He says it was in a Simpsons episode. Um, so that's our best bet. But I said, hello, Dolly. Mm, I said, it the musical. It was also uh, in Joker, too. So it's a Stephen Sondheim piece. Um, the reason I know this is one of my favorite singers of all time. Frank Sinatra did a great cover of it. And it's from A Little Night Music. Yep, A Little Night Music. It's a great, great song. Uh, all right, number seven, The Impossible Dream. That seems like something that uh, Hamilton would be thinking about. So I said Hamilton. I think I know this one. I think it's older. Um, so I just said Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, this one's kind of obscure. Um, we sang this for Men's Ensemble. Um, and it's from Man of La Mancha. Yep. I played the, dar- the part of Don Quixote in my senior year for uh, Man of La Mancha. So I sang The Impossible Dream. Nice. This is really obscure. But uh, did you start to believe that you yourself were actually Don Quixote? Yes, I was chasing in windmills. And uh, yeah. It was great. It was just a, a, you know, pure bliss until I was locked up in prison. So You get one Terry Gilliam joke an episode, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight, memory. Um, I'm sure a lot of people wish that they didn't have memory of seeing the movie version, but I said cats. Mm, I didn't know this one, so I said rent. Yep, uh, this is cats. It is cats. Number nine, Cell Block Tango. Uh, Chicago. Well, that makes sense. Um, again, I don't know any of these, so I said Prison Mike the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Uh, yes, it is Chicago. Thanks, Chica- Matt. Thanks. <laughs> it is Chicago. Yeah, I would love to see Prison Mike the Musical and all the <laughs> scary Dementors. That's the worst part of prison. It is, uh, the worst. But it is Chicago. <laughs> Gruel sandwiches. <laughs> And uh, to wrap it up, number 10, Old Man River. Just picked an old one for this, and I said uh, Carousel. I figured one of these has to be Rent, but I'm probably wrong, so I said Rent. (laughs) I wish Old Man River was in Rent. (laughs) So here's my my favorite story. Uh, Senior year, I was asked uh, to sing Old Man River with the orchestra and band combined in a big end-of-the-year concert. Practiced a lot because it's a very low song, you know, Old Man, like that. Anyway. So practice a ton. We get to the performance. <laughs> it, it just makes me laugh now. I started singing it, and it was going really, really well. I was singing, and uh, I get off stage, and um, our teacher, Mr. McColgan, said, I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm really, really sorry what happened. I was like, what are you talking about? I went great. And he, got, he said, um, they forgot to turn on your mic. And I said, <laughs> oh, so I was just like lip syncing air. And he's like, yeah, I'm really, really sorry. So uh, they told the principal. And uh, the principal came up to me uh, the next day and said, we're really sorry that we forgot to turn on the mic and this big performance of yours. You practice all these weeks. Uh, here's a commemorative pen. So uh, and that was from Ragtime. Where, where is that pen now? I lost that pen. Yeah. Oh, so sad. So what's the answer? 
Ragtime. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We didn't even say that. Actually, I have Showboat as the answer for that. Oh, shoot. Wow. You're right. I, 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 you're right. So Neil was almost a perfect 10 for 10. Oh, my God. I really screwed that one up. And I just swore in front of my niece, too, on accident. Okay. Um, You're really screwing up today, Neil. I am. So it looks like the scores are getting a little closer. Matt is at 50. uh, I'm at uh, 75. And Ken's at 70. So uh, Mm -hmm. all very close. Nice little Neil surge. The old Neil surge. All right. Round two. Question one. In 1798, President John Adams signed a congressional act creating what musical group, also known as the President's Own, which is now the oldest active professional musical organization in the United States? Okay, Um, I'm locked in. Yeah, I can lock in. I'm just the oldest musical group. Um, I'm just trying to think of the... I can never remember what branch of military has the band, like the um, the official band. I think is it the Marines. Um, I don't even know if that's an official musical group. Uh, I'm gonna say the Salt and Pepper. Yeah, I'm gonna say Salt and Pepper. Um, I'm just gonna say it's the um, the United States Naval uh, Band. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was in the same uh, ballpark, but I didn't really know how to phrase it, so I just put Navy Band. I think you guys were close, but I think it was starring John Cena, and I think it was the Marine Band. It is the United States Marine Band. I thought the Marines were founded later. I was wrong. Can you see this band, though, Matt? Can you see them? Yeah. Oh, I get it. No. Uh, (laughs) I was like, what? No. Question two in sports. On November twenty second, 2012, on Thanksgiving Day... New York Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez took the snap from the center and attempted to hand it off to a running back that wasn't there. After realizing the intended play was a failure, he made it worse by hilariously running into one of his offensive linemen and losing the ball. What name has this play been given? Yeah, locked in. As soon as you said 2012 Jets quarterback, I knew where this was going. (laughs) I'm going to call it the uh, slippery turkey. I think it's the, I could just be oversimplifying it, but I think it's the butt fumble. I think Neil is correct. I believe it's the butt fumble. It is the butt fumble. One of my favorite plays of all time. He like panics when the, when the running back's not there and runs <laughs> right into the dude. It's so funny. It's great. Poor Mark Sanchez. It's, and it was against the Patriots too, which made it even worse. So, I mean, it was just bad. All right. Question three. In a standard game of Monopoly, what is the purchase price for any single railroad property? Oh, man. I'm so bad at Monopoly questions. Um, I'm going to lock in with a guess here. The purchase price of a railroad station? Yeah, railroad property. Or property. Okay. So does that include the tracks, the trains, and I'm assuming the uh, the switches? I don't know. Not the They're switches. All... Not those. Okay. Um, wow, Neil really doesn't know how to play Monopoly. <laughs> I don't. I, I Usually I just buy up a bunch of companies and make them do what I want, but apparently that's not how you play it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of house rules. Like People think that if you land on uh, free space, you get everything in the center, but that's not actually how you're supposed to play, but that's how a lot of people play. Now, if you play house, house rules in the house version of Monopoly, do you have to take a bunch of Vicodin? Is that how you play <laughs> Maybe no. that's why you can't remember the rules. That's probably. I have no idea. So I'm going to say uh, $1,000. The rules of Monopoly are simple. Um, <laughs> no, they're not. 
<laughs> I said uh, two hundred dollars. I I think it is two hundred dollars. I said two hundred dollars too. It is two hundred dollars. That's a steal. You remember this thing. All right. Question four. What sign of the zodiac shares its name with thirteen popes? I hope none of them were cowardly. Oh, I'm locked oh. in. <laughs> I think we all got that at the same time. Um, I think I'm going to go with Leo. Yeah, uh, Leo. Leo as well. Leo's a lion. They're cowardly. Uh, said Leo. It is Leo. There were thirteen Pope Leos. Hmm. All right. Question five. Which planet in our solar system rotates so slowly that its day lasts longer than its year? Oh, I've heard this before, too, and I always get it wrong. Yeah, we had this. Um, Where's Jeff? I don't know. He's probably out on a walk. All right, I'm locked <laughs> in. Um, I, I know this one, too. I've, I don't know if I've written or answered incorrectly before. Yeah, I think it's a gas giant, but I don't remember which one. I don't think that helps you at all, does it? Um, Maybe it does. Well, it kind of does, actually, that you say that. Um, but I could be wrong. No, I, well, the gas giant, um, are you locked in or no? Yeah, I could be locked in. Locked in. Um, okay, so if you say it's a gas giant, I think Jupiter is a gas giant. Um, I For some reason, my gut originally was saying Saturn, and I don't know why. Um, but I'm just going to go against my gut. Because it's full of Biscoff, so it's probably tricking me. So I'm going to go with the gas giant. I'm going to say Jupiter. I did not go with the gas giant. I went with a uh, solid uh, mini, and I went with Mercury. Yeah, I th- that sounds right because I remember it being because it's so close. It I don't or maybe it rotates slow. I, there's something with Mercury that's weird, but I can't remember now. Uh, I said Jupiter. It is Venus, actually. Uh, wow, Venus is the. The slow rotating planet. <clears throat> it feel it feels like these days in uh, social isolation are uh, days on Venus. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, wow, this this made the game very very close. Uh, I believe Matt, you got four in a row, right? And yeah. Then th- missed the fifth one. Okay. So uh, at the score recap here, um, it looks like Matt and Ken are tied at ninety, and I'm uh, in a slight lead at ninety five. So very close. Wow. All right. Question six, round two. Which current SNL cast member is the longest tenured cast member in the show's history with 17 seasons, stealing the record from Daryl Hammond? I'm locked in, I think. I'm in too. All right, so I just have to think about someone who is undoubtedly talented, but usually plays the same character and smirks his way through every performance. (laughs) Is Horatio Sands still on the show? <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I, th- I, th- I prefer him more from all that, but I'm going to say Keenan Thompson. Yep, I said Keenan Thompson. Yeah, if I'm wrong, I might say, what's up with that? Uh, I think it's Keenan Thompson. It is Keenan Thompson. Yeah, I heard this and it really stuck with me because I, I thought of how crazy it is that he's been on the longest of anybody ever. So yeah, it seems I, like, like I mean, the blink of an eye, but but it, he's, like when you he's think done, about it, he's done sketch comedy for over twenty years. Think about that him, like, all, all that time. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it since he was like a little kid. It's crazy. I'm very talented, but um, I felt like it was just yesterday they announced him as a new cast member for SNL. But I, it, it's already been seventeen years. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. I remember when they did announce him, and I was like, "Oh, I loved him." Where's Kel? And then they didn't have Kel. <laughs> right. Kel was on uh, Clifford. He was busy. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, question seven. 
1993, Adobe Software created what proprietary new file format? They would finally open source it in 2007. I'm locked in. It's a file format. I'm, I'm locked in. Because um, I, I keep thinking of Adobe Acrobat, but I don't think that, unless it's just like the, the PDF... I don't know. I think I'm going to lock in with PDF. Ooh, I, li- I actually like what Matt said. Um, I locked in kind of fast, and I said uh, PSD, but I think Matt's onto something with that. Yeah, when you said format, I, I never remember, I, I guess, the acronym. Um, I don't know if it's portable document format or something like that, so uh, the format kind of stuck with me, so I also said PDF. It is the portable document format. Mm-hmm. It is PDF. Yeah, good job, guys. Mm-hmm. 1993, you said? Yep. Wow. All right. Uh, Question eight. Since being changed in 1929 from a vignette of an allegorical representation of Panama, what building is depicted on the back of a U.S. $50 bill? Uh, All right. I'm going to get real with you guys here. Um, I can't even remember the last time I had a $50 bill in my hand. Uh, I was going to say, I've only seen uh, 20s. That's the biggest bill I've ever seen. um, So I think the five is with Lincoln. That has a Lincoln monument on it. Um, One of them, I think, is it the dollar or the five? Or one of them has the Capitol building. So I'm going to say, maybe, how about the Supreme Court? That's what I'm going to go with. They said the Treasury. Oh, I had no idea. So I said the house from Parasite. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually the U.S. Capitol. Oh no! U.S. fifty dollar bill. Yeah, I I wrote capital and I scratched it out because I thought it was on the twenty. My bad. You ever look at the back of a twenty dollar bill, dude? Matt, I like I like your house from Parasite answer so much. I'm gonna give it a joke of the day. There you go. Hey, there you go. New segment. Yeah. All right. Question nine. Sorry if it's an easy question, but what word is used for the letter Q in the NATO phonetic alphabet? I think I, I think I know um, what you're spitting out there, so I'm going to lock in. Yeah, I'm locked in too. Oh, all right. I'm saying uh, Quebec. Yep, I went with uh, uh, Quebec. I also went with Quebec. It is Quebec. All right. I love Boy, the little I, clues in I there. I almost made myself the joke of the day by missing that question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Finishing up round two, question 10. Though Nebraska is called the Cornhusker state, what neighboring state actually leads the U.S. in corn production? All right. Lock it in. Oh, man. I'll lock in, too. I can never place Oklahoma on the map in my head. Um, but my well, part because she said Nebraska. Oh, did I say Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's because I'm thinking of Oklahoma. Sorry. So I can never place Nebraska on the map. So um, what I'm thinking of is Iowa is kind of known for corn, but I don't know if it's the number one corn producer. So I'm leaning towards um, Oklahoma and Missouri, maybe. I don't even know if uh, Kansas is n- near Missouri. Um, oh, yeah, it is, of course, because there's Kansas City and Kansas City. Okay. Um, then on that logic, nope, we already had a Missouri question. I'm going to say Oklahoma. I said Kansas. I thought he's maybe on a Missouri kick, so I also I said Missouri for this one too. You guys danced around it again. It's Iowa. No, uh, stupid Iowa. Okay, that's the that's the hard part because when there's one that seems too easy, I just now I never go for it because I think people are tricking us. I first wrote down Indiana. I'm like, 
it's not <laughs> next to it. I don't know what we're doing. Because I just remember Indiana Beach's theme was there's or there's more than corn in Indiana. So I figure they have a lot of corn. R.I.P. Indiana Beach. Oh, they closed it down. <laughs> so I guess all that's left is corn. That's sad. They're they're uh, they just announced that they were closing prior to this uh, crisis. Mm-hmm. After regulation, uh, the scores are still very, very close. Uh, Ken is in third place with 110 points. Matt is what in. What happened? I know. Matt is in second with 120, and I'm still in the lead by just five points uh, with 125. Uh, so before we go into the final round and hear those categories, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob is a Patreon supporter, uh, which we appreciate, um, and he will be getting a special uh, character box along with a poster in the mail uh, for being an Intercontinental Champion. But uh, we just want to let everyone know that uh, Patreon is the lifeblood of our show. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd like to join Jacob and support the show to go over to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And I can speak from experience. I know Ken can as well, and and, um, I'll let him elaborate on it. But uh, when we were able to have our extravaganza event here in Chicago for Geek Bowl, it was just so awesome. Uh, Not only meeting all the people who just listened to the show, but many of the patrons uh, came up, and uh, it was just a a really nice uh, time to meet all of you face-to-face. Isn't that right, Ken? Yeah, I spoke for uh, eight hours straight to different people, and uh, my voice was a little hoarse at the end, but it was a pleasure to meet everybody. So glad that uh, people came up and had a little chat, and just a really great experience all around really uh, vindicating yeah and uh it's just uh, so nice to uh hear from you get your emails your letters um and not only monetary monetary support but um just support uh at being a listener so um if you'd like to join jacob and uh, all of our other patrons uh, in supporting the show especially during a time like this uh, when um your support really helps us uh you can go uh, do that at patreon.com slash triviality podcast so, Jacob, uh, what categories do we have in store for today? All right. Your five categories for your final round are never gonna give you up. All right. Not a lot of, not a lot to go on there. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, lock in my wagers. I can't bet everything. So I'm just going to bet 20 on everything. Okay. Um, I'm going to bet uh, 10 on everything. Mm. Yeah, as as I always say, uh, no guts, glory. I bet ten on everything. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Wagers are locked in. Take it away, Jacob. Okay, here we go for uh, question one. Your category is never. Despite their intense rivalry and combining for ninety three tournament appearances, which two ACC teams have never met in an NCAA men's basketball tournament? I don't even know what that means. Goodness. Ooh, locked in. <laughs> Question two, category is gonna. On April 30th, which meme makes its way back into social media referencing a popular NSYNC song? <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> Question three, category is give. Owners of this blood type are asked most often to give blood because they can be universally used for any patient. What is this blood type? Do you just need the letter or do you need the... Um, I'll just take the well? letter. Okay. Question four, category is U. Wood from yew trees contain a chemical called taxol, which has been found to help treat what common disease? And question five, category is up. Up was the first Pixar movie and second Disney movie to be nominated for which two Academy Awards? 
We're going to take a look at these questions, and we'll be right back with the answers. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All the answers are locked in. Let's hear those questions one more time and give our answers. All right, question one, category is never. Despite their intense rivalry and combining for 93 tournament appearances, which two ACC teams have never met in the NCAA men's basketball tournament? Um, I'll All start. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off because oh, I start. have no okay. idea. Yeah. Going with the uh, Halifax Highlanders from uh, the movie Goon and the South Central Louisiana State University Mud Dogs from Waterboy. I'm not sure if I, uh, if I fared much better. Um, I, I know Duke and Kansas are two of the best teams and I always kind of lump in North Carolina there, but I think Duke and Kansas sort of have a rivalry. I don't know if they've ever played each other. So that's what I went with. Uh, these two ACC's teams are pretty much always near the top. I think the name of the rivalry is Tobacco Road. Um, I think it's Duke UNC. That's correct. It is the, the Tobacco Road rivalry, Duke and North Carolina. Yeah, I wagered twenty on that one, and I wagered twenty on all of them. Just so. yeah, and as I said, uh, ten all the way down for me. All right, question two, category is gonna. On April thirtieth, which meme makes its way back into social media, referencing a popular InSync song? Do you guys want to sing this one in harmony with me? It's gonna, gonna, yeah, gonna, yeah, it's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. Well, yeah, that was, yeah that we was all got beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, it's gonna be mad. That's what that was. <laughs> uh, it has uh, it always has the classic uh, ramen hair, Justin Timberlake, which Absolutely. I really enjoy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. So uh, Lance Bass has a, a podcast, and um, this past week was the 20th anniversary of the recording. Was the past uh, 20th anniversary of No Strings Attached, which uh, it's gonna be me is on, and uh, each day. A different member of NSYNC did a, a single interview and then they all kind of came together. But um, it was funny because they he asked Justin, like, where did It's Gonna Be May come from? And he said, oh, it was the producer was saying, you know, you really got to like put uh, some like uh, a little extra on on me and, and say it like May. And he's like, now, if you try to sing it and you say it's going to be me, it just doesn't sound as good. <laughs> so it was just kind of funny. 
So it's someone else's fault. Right. It was the producer, Max Martin. Yeah. Oh, not not Lou Pearlman. Definitely not Lou Pearlman because they cut those strings. That's why they weren't attached anymore. Oh, that's right. He was in prison at the time. I believe. Yeah. It's a bad dude. <laughs> All right. Question three. Category is give. Owners of this blood type are asked most often to give blood because it can be universally used for any patient. What is this blood type? So I believe uh, the universal donor is AB. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I uh, I put B positive. Oh, I mixed that up. Oh I believe God. the donor is actually type O, specifically type O negative. That's correct. Type O negative. How how did I screw that up? Like I knew the answer to that question. I just wrote the wrong thing. I think yeah. AB can receive from anyone. Can receive from anyone. Yes, that's a, that's absolutely yeah. correct. I just yeah. screwed up. Oh man. <laughs> All the right. Delirium question... is oh, setting in, guys. <laughs> All right. Question four. Category U. Wood from yew trees contain a chemical called taxol which has been found to help treat what common disease? I thought maybe this had something to do with uh, malaria. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good that's a good guess. Um, I had no idea. Um, I just put diabetes. I don't know. Well, I, I danced around diabetes, uh, but this one sounded funnier to me, so I said tuberculosis. Actually, the answer, surprisingly, is cancer. Oh. Uh, specifically, Ooh. breast, ovarian, and lung cancers. Mm. Wow. Keep planting those trees then, please. Yep. They actually had a shortage of them for a while because they were harvesting the taxol so much. So they've had to kind of re repopulate the the yew tree population. All right, and question five, category is Up. Up was the first Pixar movie and second Disney movie to be nominated for which two Academy Awards? Yeah, this is the only question I really had to... Um my back into uh, considering which uh, probably hurt me on that blood question but uh, yeah I was trying to think of something else that it might have been nominated for besides best picture and best animated I know both were um, up and Beauty and the Beast were uh, nominated for best picture Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that best animated was a category when Beauty and the Beast came out but I was trying to think what they would both be nominated for. And I couldn't quite nail down like a music category. And then the options were kind of running out. So I did end up putting best animated and best picture. I believe um, Jacob was asking, he said it was the second or one of two films uh, that did it. And I believe Toy Story 3 was nominated for best animated film and best picture. So that's also what I locked in with. Um, so I thought that other films had been, they'd been nominated for best animated before. So I did say best picture, um, but I went a different direction and said best screenplay for the second one. Oh, very close. It is best picture and best animated feature. Hmm. After that game, it looks like Ken is going to finish with an even 100 Uh, I'm a little bit above him at 115, and today's cream of the crop with 140 points is Matt. The cream of the crop! All right. I'm comforted to know that it didn't hinge on that, uh, the blood question, so at least you beat me thoroughly. Yeah. It was the uh, the Duke UNC and the O negative for me was the the difference between me and Neil. Uh, Felt good about it, so. Yeah, and you wagered big, too. Good win for me. Yeah. (laughs) 
what a fun game. That was that was a uh, nice balance. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different categories which we don't always get. So I do appreciate that. Absolutely, I had a great time writing for you guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks thanks for taking your time to uh, be on Skype with us today and to uh, take care of this game. Yeah, thanks thanks for so much for having me on. It was, it was really a blast. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we loved it. Uh, the questions were great. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or any last words? I'll give a shout out to my wife, Kelly. She uh, play tested some of the questions for me, uh, as well as a whole bunch of people in a trivia co-op Slack group that I'm a part of, which includes Jason Borsum. Um, they all gave me a, some great mm. feedback. Um, but, that uh, guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I know. Uh, but no, it, they've all been great. And I, I, like I said, I had an absolute blast writing it. And uh, anytime you guys want to have me back on, call me up. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. Um, if uh, you do happen to start uh, hosting trivia down in Louisville, uh, whether with Jason or not, uh, we'll maybe take a little trip out there. We'll have to come play your game. And um, yeah, you're always welcome back. Thank you very much. And hopefully Kelly liked the uh, birthday message we gave her. She did. She absolutely did. Oh, good. Uh, well, um, yeah, that was so much fun. Um, and uh, we hope uh, everyone listening had fun as well, as much as we did. Uh, for Jeff, uh, who is uh, not manscaping on a webcam at the Lush booth at the Manscaping Convention, uh, and uh, for uh, Ken, Matt, Jacob, and myself, that was Triviality. Yeah, everybody made fun of Sarah Palin for being able to see Russia from her backyard, but you know it probably was true. And, yeah. Well, she was a, she's one of the masked singers too. So you, right. oh my god, exactly. I know what is happening with society. <laughs>